0: Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series on the book of Hebrews with this message entitled, Our Father's Discipline. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. Hebrews 12 4 through 11 speaks about our father's discipline. Now modern man loaded with money, modern man who boasts about individual freedom hates this word discipline. I was told of a minister in Pennsylvania he teaches Jesus Kept the law so you don't have to keep the law. So you don't have to be disciplined. I suppose he would say that it is all right to lie and commit adultery, murder, steal, because Jesus kept the law. How foolish. this man, this preacher can be. We must ask the question, what is God's purpose in saving us from God's wrath for the guilt of our sins by means of the supreme sacrifice of God's Son? We should ask that question. Why did he do it? To make every Christian healthy, wealthy, and famous in this world? The answer is no. Then what is the purpose? We are told very clearly it is to make us holy and blameless in God's sight. Ephesians one four. Paul says for those God foreknew he also predestined to be Conform to the likeness of his son. That's God's purpose. Saint Peter says, As obedient children do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be ye holy because I am holy. Our father's discipline. Verse 14 of this chapter, we are told, without holiness, no man can see God, which is the beatific vision, which is the ultimate covenant blessing so God's purpose in saving us that is if you are saved if you are not then repent of your sins forsake them humble yourselves and call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved God's purpose in saving us is to make us holy for holy communion with God. Which is our everlasting happiness. Our hearts are restless until they find rest in God. There cannot be any fellowship with the thrice holy God and sinful people. Jesus saves us from our sins and make us perfect in holiness justification in which most people glory justification necessarily leads one to sanctification as believers we have enemies Enemies to deal with till our death. But we forget. That we are our worst enemy. Sin dwells in us. We have the enemy the devil. We have the enemy the wicked world. Our fathers through discipline. so let's look at biblical definition of discipline the word that people hates especially church people the hebrews were becoming weary and lazy in their mind they were manifesting a revolt against maturity they were In the habit of not assembling together to hear God's word and worship him and serve him. They were growing weary in their Christian life. Due to sufferings and persecutions. And they were in danger of becoming weary and faint and quit the Christian foot race. Our text Hebrews 12:4 through11 teaches us the singular importance of our father's discipline of his authentic children. But who likes discipline in this world, of great economic development and global trade? We have too much money, sir. We don't need God. Even the poorest in this country is richer than most people in the whole world. Christian families also are not in the habit of disciplining children. We have passive fathers. But God has not abandoned his plan. Plan of making us holy and blameless he still disciplines his children this is not a chance universe God ordains sufferings for his people that he may form holy character in us to so all pains saints of God are ordered of God If anything gives you pain, it's from God. And it is for your good. Physical, psychological, spiritual, sickness, natural disasters, persecution of every kind, poverty, death of loved ones, divorces, rebellious children, enmity in families, and finally even martyrdom. God is in control of all these things that administer pain to his people for their everlasting profit, through these painful sufferings God disciplines his people the word discipline appears in the Greek text about eight times in this passage what does discipline mean? It is God teaching his children God's ways. It is God training in God's ways. It is God's enforcing his teaching through rebuke, correction and remedial punishment. God desires us to grow up as covenant men and women. Loyal to God's covenant, so worshipping and serving him alone that we might enjoy covenant blessings and not covenant curses. It is the upbringing of the child to maturity. The child being a sinner needs correction, direction, teaching, instruction and a certain measure of compulsion in the form of chastisement to turn him away from the wandering byways into the right way through a certain compulsion of punishment the goal of all divine education is to produce a man who lives in obedience to the will of God A man who is truly blessed, happy, prosperous. The goal of God's discipline is to drive out godlessness from us. And to impart the opposite of it, godliness. I say... The goal of God's discipline, our father's discipline, is to drive out foolishness yeah. from us and to impart wisdom, pure of God, to us. So discipline is an essential element, sine qua non of all father-son relationship. And God disciplines us through God's delegated agents beginning in the home through the father turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4 all fathers listen to this even those who fail to do it maybe by listening to it you can repent of your sin and ask God to show you mercy fathers do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. The word training means discipline, paideia. This literally means you as a father are to bring the children, the covenant children, in the discipline of the Lord. In other words the Lord is disciplining through you and he demands that you do the job for him. If the father fails to discipline his children to become godly this text tells us he hates his children and I would say he sins against God and sins against the church and his sins against society. Turn with me to the book of Proverbs which is a book that is filled with discipline, instruction. Chapter 13, I want to read a number of texts from here. Chapter 13 and verse 24. He who spares the rod The function of the rod is to drive out foolishness and impart wisdom, to enforce God's teachings. He who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is careful, what is it, to discipline him. Proverbs 19 and verse 18 discipline your son for in that there is hope do not be a willing party to his death do you know father if you don't discipline you hate your son and you are responsible for his death that means eternal damnation that's pretty serious charge Chapter 22, verse 15. Folly, which means foolishness, which means godlessness. A fool says in his heart, There is no God. Folly doesn't mean stupidity, it is godlessness. Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, conceived in sin, born in sin. We are sinners. But the rod of discipline will drive it far from him. The expulsive power of the rod. Chapter 23, verse 13 and 14. Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you punish him with the rod, he will not die. Don't be too emotional, don't be too insecure insecure parents live for the affection of the children. Therefore they don't discipline them because they cry and you don't like it. Punish him with the rod. and Save his fo- soul from what? Death. Eternal death, sir. There is no greater punishment than the eternal death Of a person. Chapter 29. And verse 15. The rod of correction. Imparts. Wisdom. The rod. Drives out. Godlessness. And imparts. Wisdom. But a child left to himself. Single parent home no father home and then there are two parents home. no big difference child is left to himself disgraces his mother and you are surprised that finally disgrace has come to our family shame has come now well, it was coming for a long time because of our failure of administering the lords discipline turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 6 and 7 these commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts impress them on your children first notice you have to love it upon your hearts If you don't love God and God's word, you will never impart it to your children. Turn again to Deuteronomy 11, verse 18. Fix these words of mine again in your hearts and minds. If parents don't love God, you can never impart the gospel to the children. Tie them as symbols on your hands. Then verse 19. Teach them to your children. Oh, we have television. We have internet. We have Xbox. I don't know these things sir. What we don't have. Is parents. Speaking about God and his word. And and Jesus and the way of salvation. We are. Too rich. Too much money. We are choosing indulgence rather than discipline. Turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 1. This great David who gave us all these psalms and great counsel. But let's see how he did it. 1 Kings chapter 1, verse 5 and 6. Now Adonijah, whose mother was Hagith, put himself forward and said, I will be king. So he got chariots and horses ready with 50 men to run ahead of him. Notice this parenthetical statement. His father had never interfered. Listen, fathers. His father had never interfered with him by asking, why do you behave as you do? You know the story of Eli the same thing but God disciplines turn with me to the book of Revelation where the head of the church is making some serious statements Revelation 2 beginning with verse 20 Nevertheless, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess. By her teaching, she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed. While I have given her time to repent of her immorality, and she is unwilling, so I will cast her on a bed of suffering. And I will make those who commit adultery with her suffer intensely unless they repent of her ways I will strike her children dead this is the Lord is saying not anybody else I will strike her children dead then all the churches will know that I am he who searches hearts and minds and I will repay each of you according to your deeds Revelation 3:19. those whom I love I rebuke and discipline so be earnest and repent. And second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 is a word on discipline. And it says all scripture is God spoken. It's God's word, right. not man's. And it is profitable for teaching. That's what discipline is. Teaching, rebuke, correction, And discipline that is training in righteousness that is in the will of God that the man of God that a Christian may be thoroughly competent to do every good work that simply means to fully obey God at least 50% of this verse is negative and we don't like it we are flower children. We don't like it. We are sensitive. We want pastors to smile and hug and say nothing, nothing that is negative. I am okay, you are okay. We eliminated sin, so everybody is okay. That's how I come together in the church and hug each other. Then they will say, this pastor is a nice pastor. But he is always hugging people. Now that's not what this text says. Our job is to make every person thoroughly competent to make right decision. For the glory of God and for his everlasting comfort. Secondly, discipline according to scripture here that is cited scripture on discipline that is the hebrews were becoming weary of discipline weary of sufferings for the gospel so the author tells them about the heroes of old testament who by faith persevered to the end heroes who also died such cruel death for their faith at the hand of their tormentors the hebrews were to learn from them And to persevere inspired by them. This cloud of witnesses surrounding them. They were also told by Jesus how the son of God endured the shameful death of the cross. And endured the opposition of sinful men. Scorning all shame for the joy that was set before him. They were to fix their eyes on Jesus. That they may not become weary and lose out in their Christian life. Now, the author tells them in verse 4, take a look at it, that their struggle is nothing compared to the martyrs of the past, and especially compared to the cross death of Jesus. It says they have not yet shed blood for their faith, meaning that it is coming. Therefore, they must grow in strength in their struggle against sin. So, the figure is changing, no no longer foot race here, it is a wrestling situation, it's a boxing match. One of the games in the Pan-Hellenic Pentathlon. They are facing enemy sin in a wrestling match. They must become strong to become victorious even through martyrdom. To become strong, they must pay attention to the scriptures, especially God's view of discipline. As stated in Proverbs 3, uh, verse 11 and 12. Very important passage. Let me tell you, brothers, we become spiritually weary because we are not drawing strength from the scriptures. We neglect the word of God. We are like that bottle. Caught. Empty. And we can be in the church. And hear all the preaching of the word. And yet profit nothing. Turn to Romans 15. And let me read verse 4. The purpose of the scriptures. For everything that was written in the past. Was written to teach us. So that through endurance. And encouragement of the scriptures. We might have hope. The Hebrews have completely forgotten that is the Greek term. They have completely forgotten God's exhortation in regard to father's discipline of his children. In the scripture, Proverbs three, eleven and twelve, God is addressing his children of every generation. They are God's sons. You are sons and daughters of God. God shall never spoil or indulge his children. God loves his children for whom his only son died on the cross. What is God's purpose, sir? To make us holy and blameless. That is fit, qualified for eternal fellowship with him. Because he loves us, he disciplines us to form in us God's character. God loved us from eternity. And his love is everlasting. A love with no beginning and no end. He disciplines us because he loves us. Not because he hates us. It is difficult for sinners like us. To make the linkage between love and discipline. The devil tells us these are opposites. When the scripture tells us they belong together. It is hard for us to link love and chastisement. Difficult for us to see the link between love and discipline, love and punishment. But it is true, sir. And if you are born of God, you will understand the link. Yes. God loves us, so He disciplines us, rebukes us, corrects us, instructs us, and punishes us with His rod to drive out godlessness and impart godliness. I beseech you and beg you, know this today for your everlasting comfort. Yes. But the Hebrews had forgotten this key teaching totally so they were not receiving any comfort of scriptures they were not using the means of grace those who do not hear the word shall grow weary and lose out they misinterpret their sufferings they do not profit by them but we are told not to forget God's benefits turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6 And verse 12, and it tells us, be careful, be careful, Holy Spirit is saying, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Turn to Psalm 106 and verse 13 and verse 21. But they soon forgot what he had done. And did not wait for his counsel. Verse 21. They forgot the God who saved them. Who had done great things in Egypt. That's what happened to the people of Hebrews. The Hebrews people. They forgot God. They forgot his scriptures. We forget the Lord when we do not pay attention. Attention to his word. The reason is, sir, our arrogance, we are caught empty bottle. Nothing gets in. People respond to discipline wrongly when they forget God's teaching. I notice two wrong ways of responding to discipline. First is despise it. Look at verse 5 and 6, despise. My son, do not what despise. They treat sufferings as nothing. Have you heard kids say it didn't hurt, and they go do it again? It didn't hurt. They treat sufferings as nothing. They do not see any value in in them. They see sufferings as waste. They do not see God in it. They see God in prosperity, in health, wealth, power. They see God in entertainment but not in sufferings. C.S. Lewis said this in The Problem of Pain, the book, The Problem of Pain, God whispers to us in our pleasure, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. But I will change it a little. I would say it is God's megaphone to rouse a deaf church. Job 5.17 says, Blessed, happy is the man whom God corrects. So do not despise the discipline of the almighty. The second response is, it's too heavy. That is to be depressed. Depressed. Either we treat discipline as nothing, or we say it is too much. God is punishing beyond I can bear. He does not care for me. He does not love me. He is hard. I have heard that, that people saying about me. Pastor, sir, what is it, sir? Hard. Thus, we give way to depression. And fail to respond correctly to God's discipline. We fail to profit by God's painful corrections. What is the proper response? It should be that we rejoice in God's discipline. We draw the conclusion from the principle that is revealed in the scripture. God disciplines his sons whom he loves. So... Think this way. I am experiencing painful discipline. Therefore I can conclude God is my heavenly father. I am his son. God loves me with an everlasting love. I am not an illegitimate son. You know the Roman fathers, they had concubines. And the father would support them but not discipline them. But the children of legal wife... He would discipline them. So that they will become his heirs. They can have privileges. And they have communion with the father and so on. Illegitimate sons are not disciplined. But I am disciplined. Praise be to God. I am disciplined. Discipline drives out foolishness in me. And I have a lot of foolishness. It imparts wisdom to me. Praise God. I am being sanctified. Discipline is good for me. It will bring about in me God likeness. I will become like my father in heaven. When I submit gladly to my father's discipline. This discipline shall qualify me to enjoy eternal happiness of fellowship with God. It makes me perfect, even as my heavenly father is perfect. Blessed are those who are pure in heart, for they will see God. And I will see God. One day, I will see God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Micah 6 verse 9 says, Heed the rod and the one who appointed it. Not to despise, not be depressed. Heed. Peter says, 1 Peter 5, 6, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. That means when God disciplines, humble yourselves. But don't be depressed when God is disciplining you because look at verse 13 of 1 Corinthians 10. No temptation, no trial has ceased you except what is common to man. And God is faithful, he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, no matter what you say. It's not true. He will never let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. When you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Or Romans 8. Romans 8, verse 18. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that's the future, the glory that will be revealed in us. Or 2 Corinthians 4, 17. And here we read For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs. Them all. Endure hardship it says. Not avoid it. Endure it. Embrace it. Respond correctly to it. Draw proper conclusions from it. Sufferings come to us. You don't seek it. It comes to us sir. When you least expect. It comes to us. We need not seek it. In them the Lord disciplines us. He teaches us, rebukes us, corrects us. It is the Lord who whips us. That's the word that is used. Who is whipping us? The Lord, sir. The Lord, sir. The Lord, sir. Not Pastor Matthew. The Lord, sir. Not your father. The Lord, sir. We are simply agents. I want to get out of this business. (laughs) I don't need the money. I want to get out, but God says, No, you cannot get out. You're in a fix. (laughs) It is the Lord who whips us. He uses his agents, parents, pastors, teachers, bosses, magistrates, and so on. But it is the Lord who is disciplining us, submit to it, respect the agents, worship God for his loving discipline. Third, father's benefits and discipline there are benefits what are the benefits it is a father's duty to teach and discipline children in the way of the Lord that they may what grow up honoring God and serving him only making wise decisions in life I see young people making stupid decisions stupid decisions what is the chief end of man to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever? The ability to make decisions for the glory of God comes through discipline. It is Father's duty to impart wisdom, fear of the Lord to his children, so that they become Psalm One children. And you go home and read it. He refuses to associate with evil people. Let's not walk. Does not stand, does not sit with them. His delight is in the law of the Lord. In his Lord, that he meditate day and night, he is like a tree planted by the streams of water. Leaves shall not wither, brings forth fruit in its season, and whatsoever doeth shall prosper. Yeah. But the wicked is not so. That's the purpose of discipline. To make a psalm one children. Yes. The Father is to impress, impress upon the hearts of children the covenant law it's a father's duty to love the children and so teach them God's ways that they may become godly it is children's duty to submit to father's discipline and respect them they discipline us for a short while not always perfectly that is true I must confess but God uses imperfect agents to discipline us he is sovereign if we submit and respect our earthly father how much more we ought to submit and respect our heavenly father who disciplines us in perfect wisdom with a grand design that is our eternal happiness we must submit and revere our god that we may live notice Verse 7, the last part, that we may live. That we may have eternal life. That is the ultimate covenant blessing. Eternal life and not death. Jesus came and he said, I give them eternal life. That they never perish. God disciplines us for our eternal good. You may not understand it as you experience sufferings. God knows that every discipline is painful when we experience it. It is not joyful, the text says. But God, like a good father, is not very emotional. He is not very concerned about our feelings when we are disciplined. He focuses his attention on the good future outcome. That we all share in his holiness. That we become holy as he is holy. He prunes the vine that produces fruit. Pruning is painful to the branch. But it causes the branch to produce more fruit and much fruit. So the gardener. Who is the gardener? Our heavenly father. Keeps on pruning us. Disciplining us. Teaching us. Correcting us. Rebuking us. And punishing us. So, friends, don't be too sensitive. Get rid of your stupid, empty way of life handed down to us. Don't rebel against God's pruning. Don't despise or be depressed when God chastises us. We have a good future. There shall be an abundant harvest of righteousness and peace and joy later on. Think about Joseph. (laughs) His own brothers put him into a pit. Sold him as a slave. He found himself as a slave in Potiphar's house. And then they threw him into a prison. Let me read to you what he said. Finally, everything made sense to him. And he says, Genesis 50 verse 20, you intended to harm me. But God intended it for good. All things were together for good. To accomplish what is now being done, the saving of our souls. The discipline is for a good purpose, salvation. Of our souls. So endure hardship. Don't rebel against it. The benefit of holiness comes to those who are trained by discipline. That is those who endured it to the end. It is a universal truth. Every son is disciplined. If you are without discipline. You are an unregenerate pretending to be a regenerate. You are illegitimate every true child of God sooner or later will undergo father's discipline no one is exempt a believer who hates holiness is not a child of God but surely is a child of the devil on his way to hell look at verse 14 of chapter 12 of Hebrews without holiness you will not see God with me to Psalm 119 and verse 67 before I was afflicted by God I went astray wandering rebellious stubborn disobedient and the cure for this wandering is divinely given affliction but now I obey your word And you read also verse 71. All right. Turn to Psalm 94 and verse 12. Blessed is the man you discipline, O Lord. The man you teach from your law. You grant him relief from the days of trouble. Look at James chapter 1 beginning with verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith, what, develops character. Develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything character, sir. And James 1 verse 12, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. Pagan Aristotle said this: the roots of discipline are bitter, but its fruit is sweet. Did you hear teenagers, sons? Daughters Aquinas said outwardly discipline holds sorrow as it is endured but inwardly it holds sweetness because of the good end, a good purpose that is intended. The author of Belgian Confession of Faith, his name is spelled G U I D O D E B R E S the author of the Belgian confession was executed for his holy faith on May 31st 1567 in Belgium just before he was executed he wrote a letter to his wife in which he stated oh my god now the time has come that I must leave this life and be with you your will be done I cannot escape from your hands even if I could I would not do it for it is my joy to conform to your will and Luther said this in his hymn we sing in this church that word above all earthly powers No thanks to them abideth. That is that word above all earthly powers abideth. The Spirit, Holy Spirit, and the gifts are ours. Through him who with us sideth. Now let goods and kindred go. This mortal life also. The body they may kill. God's truth abideth still. His kingdom is forever. So let us not despise God's discipline. Let us not be depressed either. Let us rejoice in the truth. God is my heavenly father. He loves me. I am his son. So he disciplines us. That I may share in his holiness. And be with him forever. In eternal joy. His own son. Jesus Christ who knew no sin learned obedience by the things he suffered and his purpose is revealed in chapter 2 verse 10 to bring many sons to glory and we are not exempt from suffering either let us look to Jesus who endured the cross and sat down at God's right hand are you weary sir Let's look to Jesus. Chapter 2 verse 18 says. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted. He is able to help those who are being tempted. Look to him. And look to the scriptures. For chapter 4 verse 16 says. Let us then approach the throne of grace. With confidence. So that we may receive mercy and find grace in time of need. Yes. Yes. He gives us grace as we are tried. Hallelujah. And he is with us. Or chapter 7 verse 25. Take a look at it. It says, therefore he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for us. Let us respect all God's agents who administer discipline to us for our good. Let us say with St. Paul, dying yet we live on. Sorrowful yet always rejoicing. Heavenly Father, we pray that you take the cork out of this empty bottle let water of life enter let your word refresh us and give us strength to experience your trials which has good end to make us holy and blameless that we may share in your holiness that we may see you face to face and live in everlasting comfort and joy in the new heaven and new earth to us to live is Christ and to die is gain heavenly father this morning refresh your people by the ministry of the Holy Spirit refresh each one in the word of God help us to Rid of foolishness and self-importance and arrogance. And impart, O Lord, wisdom, fear of God, that we all may decide daily for the glory of God. Help us all to become some one man. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory audio of the sermon entitled Our Father's Discipline. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew.